Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast in, in this, this reality. reality. The show designed to challenge everything we've been taught. If you've ever felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Time to open your mind. And dive in. This, this is, is the, the Mental, Mental Mastery, Mastery Alliance, Alliance Podcast. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance Podcast. Today is a really, really hot day. I think we hit 33 degrees. That's Celsius, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's well into the hundreds in Fahrenheit. It's a hot one. It's been a chaotic summer. It's been hectic. I've been in so many different cities so many different places and trying to tie down moments to get in to properly sit and record with amazing people i can thank myself right now i can thank my network of past guests and friends to to have pulled this show together since i clearly didn't have time to do it on my own um i'm being introduced to an individual by the name of curtis today at this very moment you and i are going to meet him together and we're bringing back a friend who was recently on the show christy so this is going to be a fun little episode, I think, where we're going to talk about some origin stories, some, some, some ideas of how we got to where we are in this beautiful and wild realm. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Christy, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Oh, she's quiet again. <laughs> uh, and introducing for the first time, Curtis. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. I, uh, I'm fascinated by this conversation because we're dealing with a, uh, uh, you had mentioned before we went live, the, uh, the NDE. Uh, and that's one of the things that changed my life drastically, um, uh, to have a, a physical and a spiritual one, uh, basically within 24 hours was a phenomenal experience and, and eye-opening for everything else. You are an energy healer, a light worker, uh, a shaman, a guru, all of the fun titles that people love to throw around. But at the end of the day, you're just a dude who did some shit yeah. and see things a little bit differently now. And you use that gift and insight to, to inspire others as from as far as I understand it. So let me know a little bit. I want to know a little bit about your background. What, what do you think it was, or what was the main thing Like you had said uh, during your quote unquote, wake up process, you had been, you had maintained uh, a semblance of self um, through mine. I pretty much was sure I was losing my mind. Uh, and going crazy. So I would love to hear uh, an, uh, step by step sort of what your process was, what your wake up was like. We've already asked Christy this, her episode, she goes into that as well. Uh, and it's, it's a phenomenal thing all, all uh, for, for the audience. I mean, she's not that far back, so you can go and just look her name up or, or, or uh, I'll even put it in the show line or notes for which episode she was in. But Kurt, I'm curious, yeah. what was your wake up like? So, so yeah, thank you for that, Adam. Um, you know, uh, something that when you view things, you're always viewing it from your now awareness. So, so I'll view it from my now awareness, which yeah. likely five years ago was not the same. Although something I did learn is we don't have to change, you know, and now that's tough for people to hear because it's change is part of every book, every self book, help book. It's all in the title, change, 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 change. Cause you know, what you end up finding is, is you're still the same person. Uh, once you get to that place that you thought you had to be someone else, you're like looking in the mirror, you're like, well, I'm 
still me, you know, what, what, what has happened? So I kind of look at it like, you know, an artist paints a perfect picture. And then you got someone who comes along who has a really good eye. And they're like, you know what, that picture is really nice, but it's kind of crooked. And then they just adjust it. So I think that's what's going on with the internal work when you absolutely choose to stay internal and work on yourself. It's like that person who has that really good eye, which is you, comes along and adjusts perfection. And yeah. and then you realize that you're the one deciding it, right? And then you because you're staying internally and now you're saying, well, wait a sec. Society like shows us all these examples of perfect people. So then it's like we we think that that's the end game and unless we achieve that well then to hell with it, it what was what was any good of this anyways well i don't look at it like that i look at it like you're the one who's deciding and you're the one who is also stopping yourself from from gaining or or becoming more because when you notice things in your life that you lack it's likely because you're keeping them from yourself so like you can't if you don't love yourself you may have experiences in your life where you don't love the things that you have in your life so i always say when you can fully love yourself you can fully love everything else or there's another expression that says when you give your love away you'll never be without it so when you give kindness away you'll never be without it when you give abundance away you'll never be without it when you give peace away you'll never be without it when you give yourself away you'll never be without it um because you tend to not allow everyone else's opinions to hold the same importance that they want did once did on you so right. for myself you know earlier in our introduction you're you're explaining you know uh, certain labels that society likes to have well i i, I find when we when we label, we thwart ourselves from moving any further than that. So it's kind of like a destination. Well, if your only destination is going to Japan, then you'll never go anywhere else. So I kind of look at labels, sure, because this is our society. So, okay, fine, you want a label. Although I tend to think, because we talked uh, before we started, you know, what, what do you want to be called? Well, Kurt is fine because I grew up country boy, worker, carpenter, sports guy, out having fun with friends. I didn't really understand the dichotomy or the or the doctrine, uh, dogma, idea of religion, which I was raised in about there's certain people that were okay to hang out with, but there's certain people who will not. Well, I, you know, I always say this. I had friends that weren't you know, in, in, in a religion, but their, their parents could cook really good food. So I was like, why can't I go and eat at their place? You know, like they make the best spaghetti ever. So I never really understood like this person's okay to hang out with and this person's not okay to hang out with. And so, and, and now you, you, we talk about, you know, the NDE and, you know, so, so when I was six and a half, I was hit by a motorcycle and I was killed instantly. And I have perfect recollection of it. I could see it. Although being raised in religion, I, was scared to ever say these things to my family. So I just kept it really tightly. Um, you know, 
I was in a coma for a while and I woke up in the hospital and I really, after that, I really didn't feel attached to a typical, uh, you know, like a blood family, I guess we would call it. So I felt more attached to humans. I just felt more attached to everybody. Like it, it, th these ideas of things really didn't make sense to me. It was just kind of like, oh, cool. Like skipping through life. Like, what can I do? What can't I do? And I didn't really ever understand how you could see other people in other, other cultures who live a completely different lifestyle than us. But then we're told, uh, you know, that, oh, that's not the right way to live. But I mean, that didn't make any sense to me either. Uh, I read this, uh, this book done by the sociologist who did an experiment. He was a uh, social engineer from the U.S., and he traveled to a faraway tribe as a social experiment. And the, whoever gets invited to the tribe, the tribe leader has seven wives. And you're gifted one of the wives for a night. And the, the, the engineer, he was like, no, I can't do that. And the woman was, was so upset. She was crying. She thought something was wrong with her. And, and so, of course, he slept on the floor, let her stay in the bed, and he, he told her, like, you can just tell them we did something if, if it means that much to you. But what he learned is, you know, we, we are all a product of our environment. And whether you're on this side of the track saying I'm right or on this side of the track saying I'm right or you're wrong, we all seem to get through life in, the, in that belief system that we embody. So now when we admit that beliefs cling and faith lets go, then, then it, it would be safe to say that uh, beliefs are something we cling to. So how come we don't let them go? You know, when we're five years old, we turn 10 and we look back at all the beliefs we had at five and we go, ew, I'm not a five-year-old anymore. And that's like this effort, effortless flow, like a river. You're just flowing down a river. Like, and then you turn 15 and you look back at 10 and, and, and you say, oh, I would never think like that ever again. And, and so you, you just effortlessly flow through life and you're 15 and you do that at 20. You look back at 15 and so on and so on. But then there becomes this point where we think we got to start saying, oh, OK, well, I won't let that one go. I'll hold on to that one now. I'll hold on to this one now. And, you know, society tells me when I reach a certain age, I have to have all these things set up in my life, or I'm a failure. So if you're going to hold on to that belief, then you're going to find examples of that failure in your life and why you made this wrong decision, because you're constantly thinking that you made a wrong decision. Well, all that's going to express in your outer world is proof. And the interesting thing is, is when you let go of all that and you say, I know nothing, I'm open to everything, these things start to fade away. Like during my experience, Adam, I had, I had, I say had, I had allergies. I couldn't go into a friend's house with dogs because if I was in there, I would have rashes all over my body in, in minutes. And I love them. And I would always want to play with them, but I would have to make sure I had all this reacting in me before I arrived and about 45 minutes before. And I remember this particular time about two and a half years ago, I went to my friend's house and I was like, oh, I forgot, I forgot to take the rack. And I went in, I was like, I was like, oh boy, this is going to be interesting. And of course, this dog loves me and licked me and it was gone. And I was wondering, well, I didn't, 
I didn't go and take advice from a doctor. They didn't give me any prescriptions for these things. What has adjusted in my life that allowed me to see a little bit more who I am? And, and it, was a, it was such a wonderful feeling. And, and still to this day, I play... I mean, I was over at Christie's place last week. Yeah, I weekend. could testify that. <laughs> and, you know, and I mean, she has four dogs, let alone one dog. And uh, so, you know, no sign, no sign of anything. And, 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 and I, I wasn't holding back with them. So, you know, th- there is something that seems to happen because all we're doing, it really is. It's like a, it's like peeling layers away of an onion. Right. And, And I think that's something important for everyone listening right now, regardless of whether or not you think what you're doing isn't getting you there. Stop saying, where is it? Because it's, it could be a layer and allow it to be good enough today and celebrate because you're going to do the next layer and the next layer and the next layer and the next layer. And, And in this continual process of unveiling yourself, you begin begin to feel lighter, lighter, and, if, and 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 you're not triggered by things you once were, and you're actually curious as why, you know, we all have that had that one coworker, you know, why isn't Sam triggering me anymore? I, I don't really understand what has shifted inside of me. I don't seem to be upset with that person anymore, and you start to see things that you really couldn't see and and versus only seeing while he's always in my face. He's always mad at me. He's always, you know, uh, talking over me. And you're in one day you're like, you know, I've always noticed when he wears the color blue, I kind of like it. So then you kind of shift how you feel about someone and, and you see different results from them towards you. And you really didn't have to do anything um, verbally. You didn't have to, you know, rise to his level and, and and talk back to him you you do you, again i say it's internally because you know our outer world is a, a definite reflection of our inner world so you know and i feel like there's no such thing as an idle thought and and i think people really need to take that as importance you know because all words are first a thought in the mind so you know we we have to be careful how we talk to ourselves you know, it's interesting. I always say pe- say to people, would you talk to others the way you talk to yourself? And a lot of people would agree. They would say there's no way, right? So yeah. it's a shame that uh, so many people get lost in that. And you were talking on so many things there. It, one of the things that sort of stuck with me was I, I just got off a week-long uh, uncle duty. Okay. And no matter what we were doing with uh, with my niece, it was always about what was next. And she's, she's nine. So she's got that humanity part to her where she's not hiding anything. She's just, she's just right out there. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to be doing. What's next. When are we doing this? When are we doing that? You can do a million things for her. But if you do one, if you, if there's one thing that she deems that you should have done that you didn't do, you're terrible people. And you're watching this tiny human try to understand itself inside this grand world, trying to fit in, trying to be as big as the adults. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me because I, I, I look at the world through uh, a very similar eye to what you were trying to describe. And I just, I watch her create her patterns. I'm not even watching her like be a nine-year-old girl. I'm watching her create her patterns. Yeah. I'm watching her understand her own power. I'm watching her 
decide to get upset. And, and the idea that she got upset comes from the YouTube video that she watches, you know, and you're, 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 you get a real firm understanding and grasp of what influence truly is. So all of the stuff that we're going through and all that sort of shit, everything that we're experiencing in work and, and the buddy with the blue shirt, I'm like, nobody can really get to me unless I allow them to on any level whatsoever. People can say, be, think, do whatever they want to do. It's got nothing Mm -hmm. to do with me. Even if they're right in my face. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? What, what has caused this? What has caused this reaction is my first question with them. My, my next question is why am I subjected to it? What am I here to learn? And Mm -hmm. this is one of those things that, you know, that, that changes a lot of stuff. So, I mean, you were talking about your NDE and how you were sort of distanced from, from, from almost everything. Uh, It's, it's the same uh, for me. I wouldn't say necessarily, I think I always kind of felt a little bit distant from everything, but the, after the NDE, you know, you just have a, a different set of priorities and it's not like I almost died. I should do things faster. It's like nothing that they tell me makes any fucking sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that's kind of, that's kind of what, you know, that's the shit that, that really caught my attention where you were talking about how, I mean, you remember back in the day watching Susan, uh, uh, Sally Struthers talking about feeding the kids in Africa. Yes. <laughs> and how just for a dollar a day. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, Sarah McLaughlin's playing on the background. The arms of the angels. Yeah. All this shit's going on, and, and Sally Struthers is like eating the food that we're sending the starving African kids. Anyway, I look at this stuff and, I'm like, and I think to myself, like these kids, and they, they've got this this kid, this film crew inside these African villages, like filming the kids with flies on their faces, and, and like, oh, look how terribly disheveled these kids are. They don't even have schooling. I'm like, all schooling is indoctrination. I mean, these kids are literally feral children that are allowed to run and be free and live in the jungle and do all the things that they need to do without yep. worrying about uh, yep. money. Uh, bullshit without worrying about yeah. bullshit. And yet the us over here on American television, we're like, Oh, let us interject our way of thinking, being doing onto them and being like, I'm going to give you money. There's a new scam going on with all the grocery stores being like, would you like to donate $2 to blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, the fuck yeah. I wouldn't simply because you as a corporation have way more money than me. You can donate all you want, but yeah. what you're going to do is take my $2, his $2, their $2, they them's two dollars and add it all up and create a taxable discount for yourself. You're going to screw us with your donation from our money. Nobody benefits from this except for you. And you look at that and you're like, wow, there's so much greed and dirt in the corporate world. And like you had said earlier, there's a yin to every yang. So if all of this, if all of this exists, then there has to be a positive side to all of it. Certainly. And I, when I would when, oh, when? go ahead. Please. Uh, so is an interesting other's perspective there. Don't stop the money from coming. Keep showing them the old videos from 1960 because they keep sending us money from all around the world. Like what a scam. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Probably got a lot of, a lot of really rich African families. They're like, well, we're getting shoes sent to us every day. We're getting money sent to us. They're paying for our food, paying for our clothes, paying for our houses. Why would they stop that kind of money from coming in? That is one perspective. I do I do feel that in Western cultures, 
we are kind of spoon fed of what other cultures are like. Because, mm-hmm. because, and, and like you say, the negative side of things. So we we are often shown all the negativity on the news. Like, I don't think you can turn the TV on and watch news that is all positive, unless it's like one little clip of a panda bear walking across the street and then they go right back and, and all this damn like but seriously you know, do you still watch the news no i haven't for six years and it's been a blessing in my life so yeah, what I happened to you what happened to you five six years ago that had you change your ways or 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 follow this path or see this path so i had a i had a construction company nine years and i went bankrupt and uh now I was 37 at the time. And, and, you know, as you know, when you're in that age, you, you get to a place where you kind of want to go out with your friends and everybody talks about, so how's everything going? How's the business? How's, you know, what's the love life like? Are you buying a house? Are you, you know, so when you go bankrupt at 37, it's a real big uh, chop to the knees um so it it made me quite vulnerable and and not only equally at the same time i had broken up with a girlfriend i was with that we were uh quite involved and uh i was living in a place i had to move out move it back into my parents you know and and essentially like this is an after school special right so you know so here i am you know sitting at in my parents house nothing to do no work wondering what the heck happened constantly asking why did this happen uh, really destroying myself i was in a dark place uh, some mornings i would i wouldn't want to get out of bed i thought i couldn't see i would get invited to friends things i didn't want to go because i didn't want to speak that story uh you know and uh, so i kind of secluded myself and it I was sitting uh, on my couch one morning. This was about three months after. And this ad came up on a, a Facebook ad. And it was, uh, sell this and you become rich and whatever. And I'm like, you know, what the heck? I, I'm going to, uh, what, what better do I have to do? So I went on and I joined this free webinar. And I really liked the woman who was saying, I asked her if we could talk in a private uh, setting. And, and in my understanding at that time, I guess she thought it that meant I was going to invest into this thing. Although I started asking her, I said, what, what really was it that, you know, got you to be brave enough to do something like this? And uh, so she, when she discovered that I wasn't a, a going to be an investor, she actually started opening up a little bit more. And, and I thought that was a blessing. And she said, you know what, forget this. She's like, there's one book I want you to read. And it's called The Magic by Rhonda Bryan. And uh, it's a really simple book. It gives you practices each each day. Uh, and you can't move on to the next one until you do the practices. And they're really simple gratitude practices. You know, like write down a list of things you're grateful for and repeat them. And I can't move on to the next. And I'm like, I, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, what the hell? I've got nothing to lose. And so each day I, I did it. And then the interesting thing, Adam, that was happening I started to feel a little bit better. I kind of had a little more skip in my step. And um, it wasn't until one afternoon 
I was up in the kitchen and my mother came up to me and she said, whatever it is that you're doing, Curtis, keep doing it. You know, it wasn't, what are you doing? She didn't, it wasn't, it didn't, she didn't matter here. So she noticed a difference in me. Um, she saw me happier. And again, these practices were so basic. They were all about appreciation and getting back to yourself. And, and so I thought, oh my goodness, I was so, I was so driven to continue doing these practices. And then since then, I've read over 150 books on self-help and I, I dove into a lot of ancient books and uh, started studying old dictionaries and started studying words. And, you know, are the words that we say on a regular basis, do they really empower us or, or do they disempower us? Is there is there any uh, validation to these uh, teachings? And it turned out uh, I had a friend of mine who was quite interested in this stuff. Also, him and I challenged each other to create lists of empowering words and disempowering words, empowering phrases and disempowering phrases. And we attempted to eliminate them from our lives. And day one, we promised to tell each other how far we would get. Well, my first day was all, oh, I only made it till 9 a.m. You know, so we started to realize how much we destroy our chances simply by our choice of words, right? And phrases and how we, because it thought comes first, then a word, right? So, so this is essentially your inner uh, turmoil is coming out. And then we noticed a shift over six months. We started to get really good at it. And then a year, and, and then things began to happen stance in my life where I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? So there has to be some kind of connection to these things because there is, you know, um, you know, you can take a look, take a look at uh, uh, the poverty mentality. You wake up, everything sucks. I got to pay this bill. I hate this bill. I only have this, uh, you know, the world's against me. You know, that's likely all you're going to see every day. Whereas someone who has wealth, they wake up, they're, they're, they take pride in the things they have. They, they love the things they have. They appreciate. Um, they say words like, I am enough. I am worthy. Th those things have so much power that people don't even understand. I took a hypnosis course. It was called Rapid Transformational Therapy with Marissa Peer out of the UK. And one week of the course was based on the words, I am enough. And she told a story to the group, which I thought was fascinating. Her and her husband had some plumbing issues in their house and they called the plumber over to their house. And he came in and of course, after he was there for a while, he started seeing I am enough written on mirrors and lipstick all over the house. And he asked her about it. And she said, well, I say it to myself every day. And he said, you think my... Uh, my son, it might help my son. My son's really depressed. He stays, he's 13, never leaves his room, has no friends. We're kind of worried about him. And she said, well, don't tell him why you're doing it. Just put it on his mirror, put it on the bathroom mirror and post it on the fridge because these are places he'll see them. So a month went by and he, and you know, to his delight, he called her and he said, you know, it's so interesting. He said, I'm not sure this is the reason my son went out and joined a sports team. He's never done it. He has friends now, which I have never seen him do. My wife and I are so happy. But he said, there's something else interesting. 
He said, my daughter had uh, cases of anorexia and cared about her body so much that she wouldn't eat with the family. She's been eating with the family for the past two weeks. And he said, another thing is, is my wife's antidepressant pills are full. She hasn't taken them in two weeks. So again, here we see that when we tell someone to do something, they're not going to do it. But although when we put the image in front of them and allow them to do it for themselves, they embody it. And I'm sure we all know when you tell a kid, no, what do they do right away? They stick their finger in the cake, right? So it's, you know, it's that expression we hear a lot in the spiritual world. Don't think of a pink elephant. Well, the only thing you're thinking of now is pink elephant. So when you hate yourself or mad at yourself and you're constantly on yourself, the only thing that you're going to see expressed in your world is the thing you're focusing on. And where attention goes, energy flows. So would it not make more sense to allow yourself to be on the positive spectrum and see what kind of results you can get? And then when you do see the results, you acknowledge them and say, you say to yourself, I did that. I mean, I I can totally give a testimony of that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I like, I like, I like all of it. I like the idea of all of it. I love positive affirmations. Uh, There's so much woo-woo juju, quote unquote, that people won't do. Because like you said, they feel like they have to move a mountain to get anything done. But it's literally just step one. Just do it, right? Just just do something. Yeah, uh, it's funny that you were talking about thirty-seven because that was that was a pivotal year for me as well. Thirty-seven. Um, and and to sort of get me uh, on on the ball, uh, where I am now, spirituality wise, and just how one thing inevitably needs to leads to another. Um, just the lies, just the total lies of everything, everything that came through, you know, from from everywhere. And you just look at it all now and you're like, none of this, everything that I feel like I'm basing my personality on, um, or unaware, like I'm, I'm oblivious to, um, my influence, all of its lies. So even the fact that you don't believe in yourself is based on lies. We grew up with MTV cribs, you know, we, yeah. we grew up with pimp my ride. <laughs> yeah. We grew up understanding that, you know, to, to be successful or to be liked in this world, you had to pop bottles at the club, right? This was, this was the music that we listened to. This was everything. So if you weren't out there being a gangsta, you know, you were doing it wrong regardless of anything. Um, And we're seeing now, you know, in, even in the mainstream now, it's just, it's just absolute chaos with the pink haired and the, and the transvestites and the doing this and the doing that. And you think to yourself, you know, the news will say all of these people have been oppressed for so long and, and now they're free to be whatever. But what I'm seeing is an one simple ideology being rammed down the throats of everybody so much so that the whole world is going, now I'm going to start asking questions. So this wake up narrative that's actually happening, um, I'm finding, you know, to those of us who had started to wake up earlier, it's been getting tedious but the chaos I find is breaking more people into uh, comprehension and awareness. Yeah. And what it really boils down to is awareness of self, awareness of, of where you find yourself in this reality. Yeah. Uh, and, and how this reality is completely different for everybody. And you touched on it earlier when you said, you know, you're right and I'm right and they're right, but nobody's right. So now we're all fighting. Well, instead of fighting, if we find out, you know, how you got to where you got and how you understand why you understand what you understand, 
maybe I can amalgamate that into my information and do something with it and, and, and understand myself a little bit more or this world or this reality a little bit more. You, uh, I want, can I t- touch on something there? Go for, for a it. second. So to, to honor what you're doing, Adam, for others is you, you talked about it being tedious, ha- having had, you know, kind of your wake up call when you were 37. So it's been a little bit, right. It's been a minute since then. How cool it would have been though, to have a podcast like yours while you were doing that. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. A hundred percent. Yeah. No, I, I, at no point did I say it's tedious for me to help. What I'm saying is it's tedious for me to watch the the trans the transgender agenda. It's tedious for me to watch the Ukraine agenda. It's tedious for me to watch any normal narrative agenda. And why watch it? Well, I'm not watching right? it. Yeah, I'm not watching <laughs> it. Right? But it's it's privy to everything. Keep scrolling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's just it. Like it's to the point now where like even no matter what you want to do in this world, everything is forcing you to Put the phone down. Put the influx. Yeah, but you down. know what? I have to say that the the way things are going to actually change is when you stop fucking giving it your energy. One hundred percent. Stop. Yeah. Like I've. That's what I mentioned. Like I could give a testimonial too. As soon as I removed myself from the the conversation, fucking magic happens in life. I'm just like, okay, I'll stop paying attention continually because it is way better than seven months ago. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 that's the trigger. So why I say I can't pull myself out of that um, is because of what you said earlier. When you said, "Imagine you had a podcast that you could have listened to," I had nothing, and it wasn't thirty-seven yeah. that I that I that I had my breakthrough. Like I had questioned everything since nine eleven, so two thousand and one. Um, and I it just got weirder and weirder and weirder, and it's been progressively getting weirder and weirder. Uh, 37 was um, the day that I took my power back. So 37, um, I quit drinking, drugs, uh, all the dumb things. I quit everything um, and changed my life uh, and changed the way I operate and and went into full positivity. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was the culmination of, I had been so sick of myself and so much was enough was enough. And I was still, like you went bankrupt, unfortunately, um, but I was the opposite of that. I had everything and I was killing myself with drugs and drinking and everything. And I had it all. Everything society told me to have, I had it all. And I hated myself more than anything in the world. Right. So it's, it's two sides of the same coin. You lose it all because you were never supposed to have what you built. Um, And it was only supposed to get you here. And I, everything that I had was, it was the same thing. None of that was for me. I don't want to say ill gotten gains, but, the gifts of a silver tongue, um, you know, however you want to, however you want to say it, like keep, I find that those who have the ability to speak such as yourself, myself, Christy, soon enough, you'll be everywhere speaking on everything. Come on, Christy, you got this. <laughs> um, the people that have the power to speak, I don't, for, for lack of better term, the devil wants to keep you down. So, there are, and when I say the devil, you know, there's there's a group of people who will believe the devil, God versus the devil. There's a group of people who will believe good versus evil. There's a group of people who will believe you versus you. Uh, and I'm of the opinion that it's me versus me. When I say they hold us back and everyone goes, who's they? I'm like, you're they. You're the they I'm referring to. I am also the they I'm referring to. It's Absolutely. Me, right? Yep. Everything happens by contrast. So I am 
fully immersed in the news. I'm fully immersed in all of the awakening points and I utilize them and I speak on them in the podcast. So I can't quite turn my head away from it because I use it to help people understand things. Uh, there never was a voice. There was no voice for me. The closest thing I ever found to a voice was Eckhart Tolle. And he didn't make any fucking yeah. sense to me at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and he's so super calm. Like, you fall asleep. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. that was it. That was it. That's so like it. my brain, there was a time in my life where I couldn't fall asleep unless the TV was on. Um, and I was also highly neurotic and, and, and anxiety and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it couldn't be anything that I hadn't seen before. So I had to watch a rerun of something that I'd seen. So I wouldn't be like wrapped up in the story or trying to figure it out. You know, my brain yeah. was forever trying to figure it out before it ended. Now I can fall asleep to nothing. I can just close my eyes. I can fall asleep on a, in a passenger car. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the, so, but what I did do is I switched to, um, I switched to books so much like you yeah. over the past, since I was 37. So over the past, how old am I now? I just turned 43. Um, I have taken in uh, 217 books. Amazing. And, and the, you know, the amount, uh, there's some books on my list that I've listened to like 10 times. Me too. <laughs> just because, Right on that boat, man. Yeah. You need, yeah. every single time I hear it, it's something new. It's something different. It's something yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's reflective of where we are you know, and how we mm -hmm. can comprehend that at that moment in time. Um, so, I mean, I say the greatest gift to my awareness is, uh, is knowledge and that knowledge is uh, counterculture. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Ram Dass, it's Eckhart Tolle, it's um, Jed McKenna, it's Alan Watts. Uh, it's, it's anyone who says, you know, go into psychedelics, try that out, see what's going on, you know, get your challenge the narrative. Yeah. A hundred percent. And it's, it's small stuff. Like I was having this conversation about uh, DMT, uh, a friend of mine, he, like DMT, you can now get in pens. I've always wanted to do a DMT trip. I wanted to go like into the Himalayas and do the whole thing with a shaman and the yeah. whole experience. He's like, but you can get a pen now and do it. I'm like, well, I might try that too. I'll go with you. <laughs> I, well, you just close your eyes and you're in the Himalayas anyway. hundred so. yeah. right? percent. You are exactly where you are. And you've just yeah. built some yurts out there, Christy. So I'll just come do some DMT at your... You just uh, come, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. You're going up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on so, over Adam exactly I'll bring the DMT pens if I can find them Randy if you're listening to the show get me some of those pens anyway yeah. um, Randy's always listening so big shout out to Randy the, hi um, Randy the uh, <laughs> funny thing though talking about DMT um, I don't remember who it was they said what does it stand for and I said dimethyltryptamine I believe mm -hmm. um, yeah. and it did it, that's what it does stand for dimethyltryptamine mm -hmm. and you know what popped into my head? The old fucking commercials. Do you guys remember the cough syrup Dimatap? Yeah. Dimethotryptoline. <laughs> Dimatap. Yeah, well, I can believe that. Yeah. So the the kids' cough syrup fucking Dimatap. There would have been DMT molecules in there to keep the kids to keep them down. Like I don't even know if it's still for sale, but Dimethotryptoline. Dimatap. My mom used to give me like uh, she'd be like have some cough syrup, go to bed, and I'm like, what? You're drugging your baby? Yeah. Damn straight. <laughs> kidding but but that's how it oh, worked 100 percent. you're like here just i know just do this and go to bed you're like but it's two in the afternoon then take two teaspoons have you uh are you familiar with the roast beef metaphor adam um no okay uh this may uh, assist a lot of the viewers out there who are raised in religions and they're, and they're quite confused in their religions and um i, I myself uh Anybody who is involved in religion and they love it, I, my hat goes off to you guys. You know, you love it. But some people it doesn't resonate with, and I don't think they have to be forced to do it. 
And then what happens, uh, I think you start to feel really down and feel like there's something wrong with you. So, so for anyone listening, you know, there's nothing wrong with you at all. And I'd like to share that we all lovingly uh, give what we have to give. And sometimes it might not be the right thing. So the roast, roast beef uh, story is there's a man and a woman. They've been together for 10 years. They enjoy cooking. And uh, so on Sundays, they cook a, a big roast. And this one particular Sunday, they're cooking roast beef. And the husband, he likes to help out, but he doesn't do all the cooking. She does most of the cooking, and he's just there to, to do whatever she asks him to do. So he sees her take the roast beef out of the fridge. She takes it out of the package, cuts an inch off the left, an inch off the right, puts, uh, puts it in a pot, pot, puts some water in it, some spices, puts it in the oven. And, of course, he always questions her, saying, why do you cut an inch off the left and an inch off the right? And she said, because that's how you cook a roast. So he thinks she's a little swirly, but he doesn't say anything. So, of course, two weeks later, they go to her mother's place. And, yes, there's roast beef on the menu, and he wants to see how she's cooking it. So she pulls it out of the fridge, takes it out of the package, cuts an inch off the left, an inch off the right, puts it in the pot, water and spices, and puts it in the oven. And he says, why the hell do you guys cut an inch off the left and an inch off the right? And she said, because that's how you cook a roast. And he's like, well, you've all lost your mind. So two months goes by and they get invited to grandmother's place. So three generations. And of course, roast beef's on the menu. And he pulls up a chair because now he really wants to see how she's cooking this roast. So she pulls the roast out of the fridge, takes it out of the package, puts it in the pot, some water, some spices, and puts it in the oven. And he says, why didn't you cut an inch off the left, an inch off the right? And she said, oh, I bought a bigger pot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not that she was not sharing what she had to share with her loving heart for her daughter. It's she was sharing all she had and it's all she knew at the time. Yeah. So we can't challenge our parents for raising us a certain way because maybe it's all they knew at the time, even though it's maybe not the right way. Although, do you think that those two generations are going, you raise me with a small pot, I hate you? No, they just let it go, you know? So let it go. Anything that you think you're angry with or your, uh, your parents with, let it go. Uh, take them out of that internal prison that you keep them trapped in. Just, they just were just free humans them. doing whatever they could. Yeah, right? I look at that, you know, I look at that, and, and I've, I've, heard that, I've heard that story before. Um, yeah, just bought a bigger pot. Uh, I don't know how, like, I knew that almost right away as soon as you started talking about it. And I thought, wow, these are the small things that stick in your mind for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's true. We can hold a grudge against our parents. And again, again, being on uncle duty for five days in a row, you watch this kid get everything spoiled for sure. <laughs> um, and I love her to pieces. So I'm I'm going to contribute into the spoiling. Yeah. But she doesn't get one thing she wants and she storms off in a huff. And I'm like, you can't, you can't reward that. You can't. No. And I look at this though. And I think to myself, this kid's got a million amazing things going on. And she storms off in a huff over the one thing she didn't get. And that, I look at that and I think to myself, rewatching this and re reexamining this from my current mindset state of perspective. She's creating in her mind actively the trauma that she's going to have to heal from in the future. 
Yeah. And and that it's so fascinating to watch that because you look at that and you think back to your parents and you're like, fuck, maybe they weren't that bad. Learned behavior. Yeah. And 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 the aggression. You know, I watch like I said, I watch the freakouts and they're scripted. Her freakouts are very much like you saw somebody do that somewhere and you're practicing. That's right. right. Like you're yeah. not even it's not even you. You're just what yeah. is this? What am I watching right now? And she tries this stuff and I'm the uncle, right? So I don't, I don't have to play along. So she'll do all this dumb shit and I'll just be like, Hey, that's not, what do you, what, what, what do you think this is? You're going to pull one over on me. You think you're smarter than me. <laughs> and, uh, it's fun. It's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to correlate my growth to wa- watching and witnessing her do her damnedest. And she's smart as a whip, do her damnedest to navigate this bullshit reality. And I say bullshit. People get offended when I say bullshit reality. I don't mean bullshit as in it's all bullshit. We're all doomed. I mean, bullshit reality as in get over it. You know, yeah. like it's not, it's, it's not real, right? Every single thing that I know to be factually real is totally different than what you yeah. know. And and yeah. what you know, Christy, it's, it's different. Even mm-hmm. though we're all sitting here under the same ideology, looking for DMT and yurts, you know, we're all, <laughs> you know, we're all kind of right there, but it's like, you know, everything was a different journey, a different path. Everything was, was different to get us there. And that's why I say that's, that's where the beauty is for me. The, the beauty is in the chaos. When you can sit back and look at the chaos, that was everything. It's like, fuck. I know. Yeah. You just look back at it. You're like, fuck. I, I, and you can't even be mad at yourself. because You're like, I wasted so much time on this, but you didn't because it was the time you needed to spend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's fascinating. And you were talking earlier about how you didn't want to go to the parties after the, after the, the bankruptcy. Cause you're like, I didn't want to have that story or tell that, that thing. And you know, there could have been a moment in time. There probably wasn't because everything happens exactly as it's supposed to, in my opinion, but there could have been a moment in time where you would have had a conversation with somebody and you could have prevented them from doing the same thing that you did yeah. at the time. But I don't believe that to be the case. I do believe it to be the case. Now. I believe that you could tell your story now and save yes. somebody the grief. But at the same it time, without better. grief, there's no yeah. lesson. So, you know, and, and it doesn't mean that you, it doesn't mean you have to lose everything to have grief because you and I basically experienced the same grief. You know, it was from me having everything and being totally empty and unfulfilled and you having to lose everything. And then later after that, I lost everything. So right? I because do like that. You, I do like that you say that because a lot of people think that everything you had is the destination that's going to make you happy. So I yeah. like that you said that. So you're here saying, no, no, no. Happiness is an inside job. Make sure you take care of happiness first. There's, there's, no, difference. Fa- there's no difference between having everything in the world and having nothing. There's no difference. You're right. And mm. that's something that people don't, that, that people don't get. Right. You, you, you can sit there with nothing and be miserable. Right. And you could say, well, look at my failures. These are the reasons I'm miserable. But truthfully, those are blueprints. Look yeah. at the things that I need to do now to become successful. Yeah. And and then when you rewrite that and go, success yeah. isn't a white picket fence yeah. and, you know, two and a half kids and, uh, and three car garage, that's not success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Success is waking up in the morning and being content with what you're doing. Absolutely. And that's, yeah, you know, that's massive. And the uh, funny uh, thing about that is the more content you are with what you're doing, the more money you have. It's right? so true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you familiar with the expression "everything happens for you, not to you"? One hundred percent. That's how you. That's how I live my life. Yeah, it's all happening yeah. for me. Yeah, I am I the mean, center I of the universe. One hundred percent. 
total pivotal moment in my life when I realized that. Well, I mean, your story was fantastic though. The boss babe, like I saw the marketing material, you had it down. You literally were cut and paste from all the popular magazines. Like you nailed it. You did everything that you were told to do and you were successful. Right. And then, and then you were, you were miserable. miserable. Yeah. So (laughs) who the fuck cares what happened? You know, I did it. I'm like, this is garbage. That's, you know what? When I got to that destination, I was just like, I fucking did it. And I'm so miserable. Yeah. I'm just going to go to Costco and get a $2 hot dog and sit in my own (laughs) war. Where's all the chariots? Exactly. (laughs) Nobody gives a shit. Nothing. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter. Like you can sit there with, all the money in the world, right? And this is what I say about money being the trap. Like I know our parent generation and even people like, you know, 30, 40, 50 now that have worked their whole lives to have money at this moment in time, the money that we have is, is well, for lack of a better term, it's very, very unstable. So now we've got a ton of people who work their whole lives thinking about earning money and having money. And now all they're doing is thinking about the money that they have that they could lose it or how to defend it. Yeah. And none of them are living their lives. None of them are Mm -hmm. living their lives the way that they should be living. Yeah. I, I flip things around financially for me in a, in a massive way. I stopped complaining about my finances and I started praising my finances. And the interesting thing I learned is, is you can't complain about your finances in one thought and then desire finances in the next thought because they cancel each other out. So the little that I had, I was like, right, I'm supposed to praise this because I don't even have enough to pay my bills this week. And then, you know, what I started happening was <laughs> like, I go to a Tim Hortons or something and then like, I go to pay and they're like, no, no, the person in front of you paid. And that day I was like, whoa, man, I really I, like that was like a blessing for me. And I built off that and, you know, and encouraged me to do that. I, I was driving uh, a few weeks ago. I was I meant to tell you about this, Christy, but I was driving by a gas station a few weeks ago, and I normally have get gas at the same time, but something pulled me into this gas station. So it was a day in advance of when I normally fill up. And so I'm like, ah, why not? I'll, I'll go in there. So as I'm filling up my truck, this guy pulls in with his car. It's a smaller car. And then as I'm filling up my truck, which takes a little bit, I see him going through his car. He's flipping everything all over the place. He's looking under his seats. He's looking in his trunk. He's looking under his seats in the front again. He keeps going back around. And I go to put my gas away. And I says, is everything all right? And he's like, fuck, man, I forgot my wallet at home. I have no gas. And I was like, okay, well, here we go. Let's keep filling you up. And uh, he's like, well, five bucks, I'll be right back. And I was like, no, no. I was like, we'll fill your car up, man. Don't worry. You know? So think of the the timing of that, right? Like, I, I could have not listened to that intuition and kept driving home knowing I would get gas the next day, but something pulled me in, you know? So I think, I think not enough people understand the language of the universe, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think we misinterpret the, you know, the answer to prayers as, as some would call it, or answer to asking for assistance. Um, you know, and we're always receiving, you know, sometimes we're not open to receiving. So that really helped me with my finances. I've, I've found when I wasn't paying attention to it and it was too often to be coincidental. Um, whenever I, I don't want to say donate, but gave money to somebody in need. And it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn. I'm not. It's like, 
if somebody needed a hundred bucks or whatever it was, you know, uh, yeah. I, I'd be like, sometimes I'd say no. And and sometimes yeah. I'd be like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Right. Um, yeah. And every single time I gave to this one person, I'd either get a new client or I'd get like a check in the mail or something. It was always, it was always this, it happened three times in a row where I gave her like a hundred, 120 bucks. And so you, I, would you say you were doing it with no motive? You just did it. She pissed me off. So it was just easier to get her off my back. So I gave her the money. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and and it was almost like it was almost like an ethereal reward. And and I'm not like I was ever doing it for a reward because every single time it happened, I didn't think anything of it. But it, I know it happened three times. And you know, her and I aren't necessarily friends now. Just times times change. But there was something about her that was a gift to me. That was a, an awakening, um, a, a major moment in my life. And and it was the small stuff like that. And and it was like you know, do for her, um, whatever it was not do for her, but let the ethos express through her what yeah. it can do. Yeah. And that, you well, know, that was a huge one. That a, was a huge one. I'm curious what you would say to this then. So someone's listening to this and they say, okay, I'm going to listen to these guys. I got 20 bucks. I'm going to go out and I'm going to give it to somebody because then universe, you got to give me money. Like, see, mm. I don't like that idea of doing it what when you're doing it like that. Uh, yeah, so I would say in that vein to anyone listening to this right now, don't go and willy nilly give your money away because a fool and his money is soon parted. What I yeah. would say is there are moments in time where somebody will ask you for $5. Somebody will ask you for $20. Yes. Uh, a homeless person. Um, there could, you could just be struck by paying for the car behind you at, in a, in a drive through. Yeah. There are moments in time that things will say yes. Like 99% of the chance, like 99 times out of a hundred, if, if a homeless person asked me for money, I would, well, I don't carry money because it's a cashless society. Like it's getting difficult. Right. Um, but there are those moments like, yes, this person can have money. I'll give them money. And yeah. now what you're going to hear is a lot of people go, well, who are you to decide? And so calm down, calm down, Susan. I am me. Right. Yeah. This person's interfered, not interfered with, but interjected in my life yeah. at any given junction. And I make that call. I'm allowed yeah. to do that because they've come to, they've, they've entered into my sphere. My sphere. Yeah. Right. So it, it is up to you. And those moments in time, they'll take it. So if somebody's listening to this show right now and they say, I want to test this theory, well, don't go and give your money away. Go out and look for With it. With the intention to be open to the opportunity. Yeah. And when you remove your attention from it after that, one day you're going to be found in a circumstance where you're going to be like, oh, that's that thing they were talking about. The woman doesn't have enough money to pay for her groceries. Here I go. I get to do it. Yeah. You know, like that's. Yep. And then there are people that will say things like, well, you can't just give it all away because you'll have nothing in return. And I'm like, I disagree. Because <laughs> the more you give away, and I don't mean stupidly or foolishly, but the more you give away, the less you care about holding on to and desperately protecting. Blah, blah, blah. The more yeah. you give away, the more you experience, the better yeah. you experience. Absolutely. No, it's fascinating. It's fascinating because, you know, and, and in this world, in this reality, everything is sentient, in my opinion. Uh, and you look at even the stock markets, even talking about money, right? There are, the stock market is a beast, right? So you invest in the stock market, but you can watch the trends. You know, it's going to go up. You know, it's going to go down. You know, where, where do you sit with that? You know, even in your own portfolio, you can withdraw money. And for whatever reason, 
the, the, the ticker will go right back up to sort of where it was, roughly where it was. You can add a ton of cash. You could like take your portfolio and drop in a couple of grand and you'll have that huge spike. And then it'll sort of dwindle back down to wherever it was already naturally going. Like the it's, it's, it's incredible to watch, you know, on, on a long trade or a, a swing trade. It's incredible to watch just how the markets go on, especially on a long hold. They are, they're sentient. You know, they're, you know what the, the and, single and greatest investment for me was? Yourself. It is, it is making it in, in myself, you know, buying a book to read it, to learn more about me, taking yeah. a course to take it, to learn more about me, um, constantly working on me. And I would think that when you allow yourself to always invest in yourself before everything else, everything else is a byproduct of that investment. Yeah. And in this day and age, people would rather invest in the car in their driveway than the brain in their head. Well, because yeah. they care about what other people think. Which is mm-hmm. unfortunate, yeah. yeah. But it also helps you weed through you know, your clientele. Like my clientele are, are a, a beautiful group of people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not cheap, you know? So there you I go. Mean, I, I, uh, for, your, for my average, so sorry, for the all-in client, somebody who's getting everything done, yeah. it's 50 grand for the year. And okay. And there are some people out there that are charging 250. And there are some people out there that are charging half a million. There are some people out there that are charging $5,000. Yeah. Right? You're, you find, this is again, what the money is. The money is indicative of where you are and, and the kind 100%. of person and caliber of what that yeah. person needs to pay to, yeah. to commit. Because if you can't commit mind, body, soul, and finance, you're not committed. You can walk away from any one of those things. If you spend so, too much so, money, you're under pressure. If you don't spend enough, you'll walk away. So, there's so to a put this, uh, yeah, to put this even even in more practicality, I I'm a carpenter. I've been a carpenter for 14 years, and so it's been a while. It's been a minute in carpentry. My hammer swings the same way. It, it always has. Yet I'm charging four times the amount I ever have, and people are more than happy, and they're lining up, taking all my time. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I want people listening to understand that. It wasn't that long ago where I didn't have the confidence in myself to charge more. So I went out thinking I was only worth this much. Yeah. And then I decided one day I said, this is what I'm worth. And, and I, my first client that I did that with, I, I'll admit it was kind of a little bit, I was like, are they going to do it? And then they were like, yep. Okay. When can you start Kurt? And I was like, oh, wow, that was a lot easier than I thought. And then, and then ever since then, it's been rolling and, and so it does happen for anybody listening. Trust me. I was, I had nothing. I had if no you have money. a hard time spending money, you'll never be able to earn it. Yeah. Right? And that's huge. Yeah. So if you, if you have a hard time asking for money, you can't earn money. If you have a hard time spending it being like, this isn't worth it. I, I'm not worth it. I'm not going to spend my money on me. What yeah. the fuck are you going to spend your money on? Yeah. Right? yeah. You're going to go out there and buy some booze? Yay, we're going to get yeah. shit-faced and have fake confidence well, for 10 minutes well, when and a hangover, and I might even shit my pants. Well, right? when you're always looking at the price tag first, yeah. like if you walk in and see a shirt you want, and then you go right to the price tag, that's not a good idea because what you're doing is you're admitting lack. Mm-hmm. You go in, that's mine. And, you, and, and, and now you're saying that I'm not scared to release the money I have. Cause I know it comes back to me and, and, and that is, and when you're grateful 
You know, there is that Aragatu, you know, Aragato, when yeah, you spend, when you spend money, you, yeah, or maybe I didn't say it right. Um, so, Mr. Roboto? <laughs> hey, you could do that when you spend money too. You know, I right. always laughed with the say thank you and please whenever you spend your money because Canadians are raised to do that automatically. We always say thank you when we get the receipt. So, although, say it internally, I'm so grateful to spend this money. And, and, and it's interesting because it always finds its way back to you. Well, it's also being grateful for, for bills. I do that. I've been doing the Arigato method and I do it for my bills and I do it for everything. Because if you're not so, grateful yeah. for bills. Yeah. So Jim, Jim Rome was the first one, one of the very first um, uh, audiobook mentors that I really got in with Jim Rome. He's and, awesome. Yeah. And, and he, yeah, this is years ago. I would have been 30, 29, oh, yeah. 30. And he said, well, cause he's been around forever. Like his, his mentors were Carnegie, you know, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Anyway, so so imagine working on a Dale Carnegie. That would have been phenomenal. I know. Well, Bob Proctor too would have been good fun. But uh, oh, I got to meet Proctor. Um, oh, for, did you? For an old client, we were working with a bunch of real estate groups. Uh, cool. And, and uh, yeah, so they had a whole thing going on, and, and we ended up meeting him with years and years and years ago. Nice, amazing. The uh, um, yeah, but the thing about that is too, like you look at the you look at the guys that we've been listening to, and it's been Carnegie, Proctor. It's been, it's been, uh, Napoleon uh, Hill. Yeah. Napoleon Hill. Yeah. It's been, I mean, even to, to more recently, it's been Tony Robbins, uh, Oprah Winfrey. Um, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very well aware of the horrendous atrocities of the Oprah Winfrey. Anyway, what a mess. The Oprah mess, the Oprah mess. Uh, the Brennan Burchards out there, uh, not to tie these guys in with that, but I'm just saying like the, the, the standard voices in self-help are all generic. They're all out there, but they're the ones yep. that people know. Guys like you and me, the, the come-ups now, you know, when we're 50 and 60 and 70, we're going to have the same audience. I know, agree. Just, just from just from consistency and because we ourselves know more about what's mm-hmm. going yep. on. Yep. Um, but it was, it was, it was uh, um, Jim Rome that said to me with regards to debt, don't look at debt as a bad thing. Don't look at your bills as a bad thing. Be thankful for your bills because somebody trusted you enough to extend the credit in the first place. Yes. And when I heard that, I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, I'm over here like begrudgingly having to pay these things. Meanwhile, somebody had enough faith in me to be like, we're going to front you this service and we're going to assume you're going to pay it in 30 days. Yeah. And every 30 days, I mean, it's a bit much. These guys are greedy, but you know, whatever. Well, how can you get yourself into a, a, a money mindset when you hate bills? Because <laughs> mm. they're, they're a byproduct of more money. Yeah. So be thankful for them and be like, I'm so glad I have bills because that is proof that I'm someone that receives money. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. No, finance is a great one. Finance is, is phenomenal. And the funny thing, too, is like the more you find yourself stuck in a rut, the more you can alter and change what it is that you need to do and what you have to do to get to where you're going. Uh, and I like that. It's it's all a guide. The whole thing, everything's a guide, getting you to where you need to be. Um, speaking of which, this episode is a guide getting us to take a look at, am I saying this right? Vitasana.vip. Is that your website? Yes. V-I-T-A-S-A-N-A.vip. I'm going to put that in the liner notes as well. So so it stands for uh, Life Heals, and Vitasana is in Latin. Uh, life Heals. Amazing. And And what can people expect over there? 
so what we have on there is uh, we've created some eBooks and we have our first one on there. Um, and the eBooks are simple ways to add to a busy lifestyle. Um, and the reason they were created is because when I started on this journey, a lot of the things, and, and, and I'm so grateful for all these teachers, although you'd almost think they thought I had all this time on my hands to implement these things into my day. And, and you know, I was like getting down on myself because it was Monday and I forgot to do it because I didn't have time because I had to rush out. But then I thought, well, maybe this isn't for me, this self-help stuff, because I didn't have time to do it. Now I feel worse. So then the more I studied and the more I researched, I said, there's got to be a more simple way. And the interesting thing about uh, the experiments is they're really short. We ask you to uh, set aside three minutes. They are uh, bilateral movement exercises, which helps with cognitive and, and, and connects left and right brain coherence, which is, is quite beneficial to you for stress. We have ways to uh, show you in scientific back evidence that the application of uh, body posture and the benefits it has, the, the benefits of exercising, the benefits of stretching. And again, you only need to do a little bit of these things. But the interesting thing about when you can actually accomplish something that's three minutes that you don't normally do in your life, you're like, I did that today. And then you do it again the next day and you do it again the next day. And you're like, okay, I did the three minute one. I'll see what else these guys have. And then you do another one. So now you're at six minutes, right? And the thing is, is each day you're starting to say, I did that. I did that. I did that. And the offset of that is all that stuff we've been procrastinating on in our life. We start to knock them down and we're down. like, where did the, where did this person come from? Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I love how the effect it has. So really, well, that's, that's amazing. And, you know, had I had that kind of guidance back in the day, I may have been able to step things up uh, in my, in my, in my timeline as well. But, but personally, I'm content with how far I've gotten kind of, you know, willy nilly <laughs> as it were. Yeah. Oh, you're doing you're doing a lot of good, Adam. I like it. No, yeah, no, I, I I'm a huge fan of I'm a, I'm a huge fan of creating uh, of everything I can, uh, and I think that everybody should listen. And and there are so many people out there that can't afford coaching or can't do this or can't do that, but they're listening to this show, and that's step one. Yeah. Right. And so the manifesting... I'll add the free uh, the ebook's free. It's a download. Yeah. Come and get it. Honestly, it's so simple that you'll be like. Of course, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and if anyone wants to connect with you, all of your contact info is over there as well. They can it's over there as well. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Well, Christy, thank you for the connection. This is good. It, you know, you, I would say you could have interjected more, but there was no room. There was, a, I mean, was a, I didn't. Yeah. I, yeah. I had my, my time with you and we'll <laughs> do it again. I'm sure. <laughs> so it was amazing. You guys knocked out of the park together. I loved it. No, it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun here. And um, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will put uh, everything that we've talked about here into the liner notes. Uh, and I will say this in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Stay connected with us directly through the mentalmasteryalliance.com. You can also join the discussion on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash the mental mastery alliance. 
Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag TMMA or tagging us at the Mental Mastery Alliance. To have your voice heard on the show, leave a voicemail or send a text to 647-338-1265. Long distance charges may apply. If you love us, leave us a review. If you hate us, you spend your time in weird ways. But also, leave a review. Every review on iTunes tickles the algorithm helping us grow. Until next time, unity over division. This concludes the most surreal portion of your day. You got it, Pontiac.